Okay, I'll actually get going. Right, uh, I'm going to tell you a bit about the free and open source software that's available for Windows. So, uh, most of you are probably running Windows already if you've just wandered in here rather than uh, already involved in Linux. So, uh, you don't have to completely give up on that and go and completely wipe your computer and start again with new software. You can start playing around with open source software, just uh, adding applications and whatever to what you're already using. And, uh, once you've uh, once all the applications you're using are open source, then you can give up on Windows and move over to Linux if you're that way inclined, or uh, move to any other operating system because uh, a lot of the open source software does run on pretty much any platform because the source is available and you can compile it for anything you want. So uh, yeah, short introduction about me. I've been uh, yeah started playing around with computers when I was quite young. Uh, yeah, got a computer that didn't work and spent weeks trying to make it work and was then really proud when it actually booted up properly without just displaying error messages. And since then they've been messing around with computers in one form or another. I moved into Linux when I had a spare computer to play with and I've been running that on and off since then. And I am now a developer and so my day job is writing software for both Windows and Linux. So, I, yeah. I, this is just a very short tour of a sampling of the software that's available. There is lots of other stuff that you could use and uh, lots of stuff that I'm going to miss out. So if you do know of any open source software and uh, your favorite applications missed out, I am sorry about that. It's uh, There is far too much open source software out there to cover it all in a 15 minute talk. So we're just going to uh, have a short overview through a few things. So uh, yeah, I've split the applications into a few different categories, but they are fairly arbitrary and it was just for grouping things rather than anything else. Most of the applications fit into a few different categories. But yeah, probably the biggest open source application that you can start using would be OpenOffice.org and I am sorry that is horribly pixelated. But yeah, it doesn't look quite as bad on the laptop, but uh, pixels are bigger there. It's, uh, yeah, OpenOffice is an office suite, uh, word processor, database, spreadsheet, presentation application. Uh, it opens uh, Microsoft Office formats and formats from other Office suites. I think it opens the Apple ones and uh, things from WordPerfect and whatever from way back when. That I doubt if anybody's still using any of them, but if you've still got files lying around, you can open them up that way. Uh, you can uh, create documents in OpenOffice and its own formats are open and uh, anybody can support them and they are actual standards that are uh, now adopted by international bodies. Uh, yeah, so skip down to the next one. It's just a collection of utilities that you can use for uh, various things in your computer. Uh, things that you, uh, some of these you'll already know that you need them and you'll understand what they are, and others might be a little bit weird. So, uh, yeah, Moin Moin is actually a wiki that you can install on any computer, and uh, yeah, it's. Uh, similar idea to Wikipedia but one for just you and you can then keep any notes in it and organise things like that. It's uh, You can have it running such that other people can get access to it as well so if you're wanting to share things around you can uh, set up your own wiki and point things at like that with uh, Moin and there are alternative wiki engines if you want to use something a bit different. A Infra Recorder is an open source uh, yeah, CD and DVD burning application, so uh, works a little bit, uh, has a few more features than the one built into Windows, so you can, uh, uh, it does pretty much just what it says on the tin, it burns CDs and DVDs from whatever you happen to have that you want to burn them from. 
i7-zip is zip application uh, handles most archiving formats and uh, again there is uh, archiving built into Windows but 7-zip adds a few more features to it and uh, lets you do a bit more things like that. Uh, GNU Cache is an accounting type application that's uh, yeah, keep track of what money you've spent and how much you don't have anymore. And a TrueCrypt is encryption for file systems, which can run on uh, a lot of different platforms. It uh, can do some quite clever things that you can even encrypt a file system and then hide it with uh, steganography. So uh, even if somebody does get a laptop, they don't even know that there's data there that's encrypted to uh, try and decrypt. So, Next one round is just a few games that we're going to go through, and I'm going to have to refer to notes here because I'm not very into games. So, uh, yes, right. First one is Vega Strike, which is a 3D action space sim. You get to fly around and shoot things, I think. And next we have Battle for Wesnoth, a fantasy turn-based strategy game. I'm not entirely sure what that means. But, uh, <laughs> if you're into games, you might want to have a look at them. Uh, the next one I actually do know because I played it on the PlayStation, that's Descent, which is, again, flying around shooting things, but it's very much fun. It's, uh, yeah, lots of things blow up. That's, uh, right, this is another one that's great fun. You get to guide a penguin down a hill and collect fish. That's, uh, well, I think that one's actually Tux Racer, but it is now Planet Penguin Racer on various other divisions because there's uh, multiple versions of the same source code that's... Yeah, got little changes each time, different tracks and things like that. But yeah, uh, it sounds like a really odd game, but it is addictive. That one. You can spend hours trying to get a slightly better time and find a different route down the mountain that's slightly faster. Uh, this one is Scorched 3D, which is a modernisation of the classic DOS game Scorched Earth, which I think is shooting at things. It's an art artillery type thing. There seems to be a lot of this in games. It's, uh, this one's an artillery type thing. You, uh, strategy, you've got two teams that uh, try and shoot each other and you can build shields and things like that to try and defend yourself. Uh, next we have Neverball, which is... Uh, yeah. It's a uh, similar to a pinball type thing where you have to uh, guide the ball around the course and... I can't remember what the objective actually is, it's probably get it somewhere. Uh, yeah. And there's uh, lots of little puzzle games that are available, and this one is uh, Enigma, which uh, you're trying to find pairs in this one, but I'm not entirely sure what it's pairs all for, how you find them. But yeah. uh, most of the games here are uh, on the open CD. Uh, if they're not, then you can download them. And probably best way would be just download them and have a play with them. They are all free, and you can uh, just have a mess around and see what they do. But, and uh, uh, if you want to know more about games, there is uh, somebody demonstrating them outside who actually does play games and can point you at ones that uh, have a bit more experience of them. So, uh, next category is multimedia stuff. There's uh, yeah. If we start with VLC, which again is horribly pixelated. It's a uh, uh, multimedia player. It plays audio or video in pretty much any format you can throw at it. Uh, unless it's encrypted, then it has a bit of problems because they're yeah, not supposed to play them. 
it's uh, yeah, it plays pretty much anything and works on cross platforms. It can also do transcoding and streaming. So if you want to uh, uh, stream video from your computer to something else on your network, you can do that with VLC. I actually did my uh, master's project was using VLC a lot to stream around from different computers with uh, transcoding and stuff. So I quite like that application. Uh, it's actually showing Big Buck Bunny there playing, which is uh, uh, a film that was made in Blender, which we will get to later. It made more sense to have already covered that by the time we get here. But yeah, it's uh, uh, Big Buck Bunny was kind of an open source video where uh, all of the models and whatever that they used, all the models and artwork that they used to make the video is all available with the DVDs when you get them. So you can say to change the storyline or mess around or re-render the whole thing with the money being a different colour or whatever, it's uh, all available. Next we have Songbird, which is a music library application similar to iTunes or the library features in Windows Media Player, but uh, it uh, offers slightly different features and uh, because it's open you can add things that you want. And, it's not tied into iTunes, so it's not trying to sell you things all the time or anything like that. Right. Next one is. Can I just ask about Songbird? Is that yeah. tied into Firefox or is it an entirely separate application? I, it's made by the same people, and I'm not sure how much integration there is, but it's, it is a standalone application. You don't, I don't think you actually have to use Firefox oh. for it. Right. But yeah, it comes from Mozilla, the same people that make Firefox and Thunderbird. And it uses some of the same libraries and things like that. Uh, this one is Chikosher, which is a non-linear video uh, audio editing application. So uh, each of the things you see there are chunks of audio and you can uh, arrange them how you want and mix them together and record things. And uh, it does now run on Windows as well. It's, uh, it's quite a good example there because that uh, Chikosher was designed for Linux and then ported to Windows. And it was a fairly easy process to get it running on Windows, which is the case of recompiling everything. But yeah, I know the process that was done there because I'm involved with the people who write it. And, uh, I wrote some of the documentation for them. Uh, next one is Audacity, which is uh, another audio recording and mixing application, but a slightly different approach to Jukosher, which uh, the two of them are kind of a good example of the way that open source works, as there are often a lot of different applications that do the same thing but with a slightly different spin on it so uh, if you google for uh, audio editing open source you'll turn up both Jokosher, Audacity and a load of others that uh, they have varying levels of complexity and just how they actually work because uh, Audacity works by actually making changes to the audio as you edit it and Jokosher works by recording a big list of the changes that you've made as you edit things but the audio files still stay the same so everything can be undone in Jokosher but it's slower to render things when you make it play and things like that so it's just the uh, kind of different approaches that you get with the different applications and you can pick and mix as you want and uh, use each for different bits of the same project often if you're working on audio stuff. Right, next category round is graphics stuff so it's uh, yeah, drawing mostly, but uh, other things as well. A pencil there is a 2D animation system where you uh, draw things and uh, draw your different frames and tie them together. And it can interpolate between frames if you've got movement. So it's uh, quite fun to play with if you want to do some animation. 
by yeah, next one is Inkscape, which is again horribly pixelated, which is not a good advert for Inkscape because it's all about vector graphics where you don't get this horrible pixelation. It's yeah, Inkscape is vector graphics application lets you uh, draw things and I think it's similar to Illustrator, but it's a long time since I've actually done any vector graphics that wasn't in Inkscape, so I'm not entirely sure how much of a difference there is there if anybody's used them before. Uh, yes, nice one's Blender, which I have mentioned before, uh, with the Big Buck Bunny movie that they made. Uh, Blender is 3D graphics mostly. It's, uh, uh, you can use it for uh, creating 3D models and then rendering them into animations, or uh, it's got a game system built in, so if you want to make games from your models, you can add some logic to them and make them move around, uh, depending on what the user's done. And it's also got uh, video editing built in as well. So. Uh, from the people that were using it to make films that uh, move their chunks of rendered uh, footage and edit them together with transitions and adding sounds and things like that. You can do the whole thing within the one application. Uh, next one is the GIMP, which is the GNU image manipulation program. It's similar kind of application to Photoshop, but with a different interface that annoys everybody who's used to Photoshop. But it has uh, most of the same features. And it can do... Uh, like photo manipulation, that kind of thing, that you can chop people's heads off and attach them to other people's bodies. That's right. Next one round, we have internet applications. So uh, the things that you use to connect to other systems, which is uh, one of the things that is very big in open source is connecting together, because uh, a lot of the open source stuff came off of servers and the uh, big networks. And, uh, people managing big networks need applications that they can play with to uh, get them all working the same way, so uh, things used there tend to have quite strong open source support. So uh, Firefox is one that probably most of you have heard of because they've done quite a good uh, job of their marketing to actually get everybody aware of it, uh, right down to buying adverts in New York Times and things like that. So it's, uh, yeah. Uh, Thunderbird is from the same people that make Firefox, but it's for email rather than just web browsing. It's, uh, yeah, so, uh, alternative to Outlook. It, can integrate with most of the uh, email servers that you're going to come across. I, yeah, FileZilla is a system for moving files around. Uh, it speaks a bunch of different protocols for getting things from your computer onto the server or back away, depending on what it is you need to move and where. And Putty is the one that I really like. And, uh, it's uh, about the only thing that makes Windows usable. Is, uh, having Putty and uh, connect to a Unix system. But yeah, uh, Putty is SSH client that uh, lets you open a command line that's running on a different computer and connect the two together. Right, so that is a kind of broad overview of the kind of application level things that you can do to add things to Windows. But there are alternatives for using FOSS on Windows. You don't have to just add things. You can actually completely remove the Windows interface and replace it with an open source one. Uh, KDE is one that have put a lot of effort into uh, getting their desktop environment running on Windows. And it you know, just replaces the Windows interface with Start Menu and Window Management and things like that with uh, the stuff from KDE. So. Uh, once you've gone to the point of using KDE rather than uh, Windows, you're very nearly into Linux, so you might as well just go the whole hog. But it can be useful if you're uh, using Linux machines and Windows machines. You can have the same interface, but you can still run Windows applications within KDE. So if you've got 
<clears throat> sorry, if you've got one application left that there isn't an open source alternative and you're tied into that, you can still uh, use something other than the Windows interface. That's a, yeah, another option for getting different operating systems kind of to coexist is uh, VirtualBox, which is a virtualization system that's very easy to use. It's uh, point and click to tell it what you want to do, and uh, Gordon's demonstrating virtualization outside. So if you've got anything that you want to know about VirtualBox, do give him a shout and he'll explain it all to you. Uh, yeah, another one that I really like is Cygwin, which gives you uh, a Unix-type system running in Windows. So you can uh, run Bash and command line utilities, and it gives you an X server. So uh, it's a really useful one if you're using again uh, a heterogeneous system that you've got Unix systems and Windows systems. It lets you use much the same tools that you're used to on Unix in Windows. Uh, yes, but really. Anything that's open source, you can compile and run and use on Windows, because uh, Windows is actually POSIX compliant. So uh, any user space open source stuff that's written for uh, against the POSIX standard, which is user space stuff in Linux and uh, some of the user space stuff in Mac OS X actually is POSIX compliant as well, and the other Unixes, so the BSDs and whatever, they all use the POSIX standard, and uh, Windows does comply to it. So anything that's using that, you can compile yourself and get it running in Windows. Uh, because the source is available with open source stuff, you are free to do that. You're not limited by which ways the uh, manufacturer compiled it. Yeah, and uh, If you don't particularly like the idea of compiling, because it can be quite technical sometimes, it's, uh, yeah, don't be put off by just because the application isn't there and it doesn't already have a pre-built for Windows. It's usually not that big a deal to get one, so if you ask, somebody might make it for you. That's, uh, ask on various mailing lists or forums. Somebody will probably compile it for you for Windows. It's not usually too much of a problem. And if you're writing software, it's uh, even if you've got a target Windows, it is better to be using free and open source stuff because there is a huge plethora of libraries available that you can uh, pull in. So it means that you actually have to do less writing yourself if you're writing. Uh, free software rather than uh, proprietary stuff. Uh, yeah, I think that would be about all I've got to say actually. So, are there any questions about stuff that you, uh, any applications that you particularly want to run? That yeah. Have you tried KDE on this? I, I did a couple of years ago, but I haven't recently. Uh, I have used uh, Openbox, I think it's a uh, yeah, black box derivative that it does much the same thing. And, uh, Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.